everyone, Josh Gilliland here with Jerry O'Brien, political consultant extraordinaire, and we are here to discuss a fractured house on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Jerry, how are you? I'm well, Josh. Thanks for having me. A pleasure as always. Well, the last episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had a fictional U.S. senator, talks of trials and midterm elections, and this seems to be your ball game. This is your moment. What did you think of the political overtones of a fact pattern where a U.S. senator has a traitor in the family, and that would be far worse than Billy Beer or Roger Clinton could ever do to your re-election prospects? Well, you know I'm a fan. In fact, sitting here on my desk is a 1967 membership card in the Mary Marvel Marching Society. Having said that, and I'm a big fan of the show and a very big fan of the Marvel Cinema Universe, but when I watched this episode last night, and it was a good episode, and it it smoothed things along, and it's definitely an improvement on what we saw in the first season, but having said that, I was gritting my teeth because I kept saying to myself, does no one in the Marvel writing room ever take a class on civics have they ever have they never seen that little short feature made in the 50s how a bill becomes a law u.s senators do not have the power of an executive they don't have the ability to hold you know meetings or hearings with the united nations the only interaction they might have with the u.n is maybe a backroom meeting they don't hold press conferences at the united nations and it just, no, U.S. senators don't do that kind of stuff. That bothered me as well because the executive branch is supposed to be dealing with that. That's the job of the Secretary of State. It's the job of the ambassador to the United Nations. And we do not want private citizens developing their own foreign policy because that gets into all kinds of problems when senators start meeting with foreign dignitaries giving their spin on what should be the policy of the United States. That's- exactly. Exactly. Even if he was the chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee in the U.S. Senate or the chairman of uh, an intelligence or, or similar committee, he would not have that kind of power. And that they don't, they don't realize that it just takes away from so many of the good things that happen in the episode and so many of the things that they've been building towards. I think it's a great dynamic there to have a U.S. senator who is championing the fight against Hydra, but whose brother is a turncoat Hydra traitor. That's great drama. It's Shakespearean. And they sort of messed it up by not paying attention to how government works. I agree. Thinking about it, putting on the fictional writer's hat, which I'm not one, but trying to think of storytelling purposes, I could see maybe saying, let's go to the UN and give the speech where somebody was killed for a symbolic reason. But still, that's not right from you know just the way our government's set up. A press conference would have been a better way to have done it uh, in, in getting the message out. So that bothered me too. It's just... And from a visual, to have this press conference in a kind of nondescript room with the United Nations flags, 
would have been so much more dramatic if they had gotten some stock footage of outside the United Nations and had him there. That would have been a much more powerful visual. Agreed. But we know it's shot in L.A. and they got a conference room and that's what they did. But hey, The economies of, of modern television. Yeah. It's, but you just want to go like watch the Schoolhouse Rock video and take some notes because <laughs> uh, but let's talk about the the political side of this from again this is beyond billy beer you know this is not like jimmy carter having a headache with his brother running around doing crazy antics or a you know your your kids having fake ids and getting busted at a club and that sort of you know shenanigans that have taken place over the last 20 years with elected officials and their kids. This is someone who's killed people and committed treason. How would you advise this fictional senator on dealing with a traitor in the family? Well, I think Thor said it best when he talked about Loki and explained that he was adopted. I don't know if if, uh, Senator Ward can make that same claim about Grant, but uh, it probably would have been the best way to go. You know, Everybody has someone in their family who does bad things at some point and, you know, coming clean and, and admitting it and, you know, putting whatever assistance he can in the hands of the government to track this guy down. is probably the best way to go. You know, he, ex- he expressed remorse. He was sorry about it. And I think the emotional, the emotional impact of his little press conference was very strong. You definitely got the, the message that this guy, you know, was feeling very bad about this and wanted to see his brother brought to justice. The other issue that came up from this is how long did he know his brother was a traitor? Because Ward had been playing the long game before betraying S.H.I.E.L.D. and coming out as a member of HYDRA. So just for continuity purposes, it had to be after the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. and helicopter helicarriers crashing that he found out his brother was a member of Hydra. If not, that would throw a significant wrench into his reelection prospects and the entire Marvel cinematic universe. If a sitting Senator knew his brother was actually a member of Hydra problematic, which is assuming that Senator Grant is not also a Hydra mole. Uh, there was the other senator played by Gary Shandling who was overheard saying hail Hydra in uh, Captain America, the winter soldier. I would assume that there at this point, there was probably a Hydra caucus in the U S Senate. Well, if you have one Senator who's a Hydra guy, you probably have more. Uh, but let's assume that the grant is not a Hydra agent within the last six months or so since the events of the winter soldier, he found out his brother was a, a mole and, you know, obviously he hasn't had any contact with him because Grant Ward has been in, in Shields' basement um, under house arrest. All problematic, which brings up the prosecution of him because senators do not have power to prosecute. They oversee things. They can subpoena. They can get the attorney general to show up and testify, but they cannot go, go prosecute my brother. They can turn over everything, but they don't get they don't, they're not executives. Yeah, you know, I think they're confusing Senator Ward with Ronan, the accuser from the Cree in the Fantastic Four. And Ronan had some vague prosecutorial powers as well as some executive powers. But 
not on Earth, guys. We do things differently here. Exactly. I enjoyed seeing Colson play politics with Senator Christian Ward. Uh, what did you think of what uh, Colson's up to? I think Colson is definitely playing the long game, and it's it's really not clear um, that he doesn't want Grant out there as a counterbalance to his brother, because I don't think that uh, Colson trusts Senator Ward one bit at all. You know, uh, the, if there's any doubt, I think I would err on the side that both brothers are, are sociopaths, not just Grant. Uh, so, you know, his brother is a great trump card to use against him as a sitting senator, especially one whose election is a couple of months away. That should get attention. Uh, so what did you think of operating within Belgium and a U.S. operation taking place? Well, I'm sure things like that on a much smaller scale have happened many times over the years. It's a little muddier because S.H.I.E.L.D. is now not really a sanctioned government agency of any kind. It's just sort of basically like a private army. And unless and until a government or collection of governments like the U.N. reauthorize S.H.I.E.L.D. to act on their behalf, they really are just like a private police force. So nothing that they do is going to have legal sanction. Which, looking at what happened at the end, so we have the senator's speech, we have Talbot taking the Hydra operatives off the hands of Agent May and the other, and Bobby and, and Hunter, without arresting the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. They, they haven't been pardoned by the president. There's been no amnesty bill, and while they could choose not to arrest them, they still have to deal with that at some point in giving S.H.I.E.L.D. legal standing again. Yeah, I think it was a great scene in that it showed that Talbot is finally beginning to realize that S.H.I.E.L.D. still, they still are the good guys. You know, if you know anything about the military, and I know you do, um, there's a chain of command, and his orders, his standing orders, unless someone has countermanded them, is that S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are to be arrested on site. And if they resist, they're to be dealt with, with uh, lethal force. He didn't do that. So, you know, there could be a nod and a wink up the chain of command, but at some point, somebody's going to say, hey, wait a second, you had a transfer of prisoners and you didn't arrest the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents? Why not? Yeah, same with the soldiers who took Grant Ward off of Colson's hands. So again, it's one of those pardons have to be coming or amnesty or something. Uh, or, or some kind of official sanction from the UN. And what they started to hint at in this episode, and then when they revealed that the Belgian leader was actually a, another Hydra sleeper, was that um, while the U.S. might not be in favor of S.H.I.E.L.D. and might want to track S.H.I.E.L.D. down and eliminate it, there appeared to be some substantial international support among other nations for S.H.I.E.L.D. That would have been an interesting dynamic, you know, to, not to be a hero in your own land, uh, but to have other places around the world where S.H.I.E.L.D. could operate with some degree of government support. Uh, that might make for an interesting series. Yeah, that would have been a curveball, a total curveball with 
you know, we are huge in Belgium. The Japanese love us still. Uh, it, that would have been weird. Would have been a very different twist. So, but so far, I really like what they've what they're going for. And yeah, they need to brush up on civics, but I'm impressed. I love the little humor with the cat mug. Yes, uh, you know that they brought in and. Uh, Bobby speaks Japanese, uh, you know, the, the line with, a, you know, I don't like you, right? Uh, so there's a lot of good stuff. And, and I thought Senator Ward's description of America, the American people want a simple enemy. That's on point. And yeah. I mean, that's, that's an easier message than getting into nuances of we were betrayed for 50 years. That's, a, that's tough for the American people to digest. So it's easier to have one bad guy as opposed to nuanced bad guys. I think the cast is much better than the first season. Uh-huh. Uh, and whether it's simply the change in her hairstyle or the, the nuances to her character, Sky, who was extremely annoying in the first season, is actually a likable and fascinating character to watch in season two. And um, Bobby Morris just kicks ass plain and simple um terrific character great actress i'm um, hoping she stays around and that they give her more to do and the fact she was wearing a star wars t-shirt in her opening appearance fantastic you know way to work in the other properties so good job there uh, i also enjoyed seeing I, I also i don't i was gonna say i don't know if we mentioned it, but in her first appearance earlier this season, uh, she was rescued by an invisible plane. Did we talk about that? No, not yet. But I, I agreed with that and thought like, all right, for you know, her Wonder Woman role, that was a complete, wonderful uh, homage, if not outright shot across the bow to DC. So well played. Yeah, I saw the, uh, the unaired Wonder Woman pilot that – Adrian Palicki uh, starred in, and she was probably the best thing about it, costume aside. And it was just a nice little touch to have her in the, in the invisible plane. But she's great as Bobby Morris. Um, her interaction with her ex-husband was, was fun, was playful. And uh, I think maybe we're beginning to see the Fitz and Simmons characters move on and become a little bit more interesting because they were cute the first season, it's getting a little old at this point. And it's different. The interaction between Mac and Fitz is well done. And that friendship that they have yes. there, the exchange between Fitz and Simmons, between Fitz not being able to form words and identify things. Granted, they were getting to the world of computer forensics, which is in the wheelhouse of e-discovery. So that was kind of fun to see. But... Simmons shooting down Sim, uh, Fitz from discussing the issues that they were actually dealing with from their relationship was an interesting spin. In addition to Simmons outright threatening to kill Ward, you have to work hard for her to, to get to that stage. Yeah, that, that's that was a great scene. And I think if anybody really has a right at this point to be angry at, uh, at Ward, uh, it's her. And I'd love to see her take him down. That she would be creative and painful. You know, it'd be at a cellular level and he could feel it. I mean, that's just, that's the wrong type of person to make want to kill you because 
she could do it in a scientifically painful way. I think what we're leading up to at some point, or what they're leading up to at some point, is you're going to see Grant Ward redeemed and die almost immediately afterwards. They seem to be telegraphing that. At least yeah. that's the impression I get. Yeah, as long when he made the escape, as long as he didn't kill the soldiers, I think that will be the telling point. If he's not killing anyone, uh, you know, or if he's just doing it to Hydra agents, yeah, that, that will. Be, if he's taken out U.S. soldiers, that's not really redeeming. Although the the scene with him and Coulson, where he seemed to still think he was part of Coulson's team was kind of eerie and uh, indicative of, of a mental instability that they haven't really, well, he's a sociopath, he's a killer, he's a turncoat, but they haven't really indicated that his mental moorings are that loose. This suggested that maybe they are. Yeah. Well, that and it was great saying, you know, Colson's line of, uh, you betrayed every one of us, you son of a bitch. It's like, rock on. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah, Phil Coulson uh, is definitely growing into the role of director of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was beautiful. So that being said, I love the episode. And again, if, if the writers and producers would like any help when it comes to civics and how government works, we both are available. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, feel free to call. We will be glad to help out. So, uh, But Jerry, thank you so much for your time. And look forward to discussing S.H.I.E.L.D. and Marvel uh, in the very near future. Thanks, Josh. Good to be here. Take care, everybody.